it is now time for people to repent. This is not normal. More than one million people die from malaria every year, with 90% occurring in sub-Saharan Africa. COVID-19 has changed our world. Today we are planting 15,000 ebony trees in Cameroon. And for the first time, ebony won't be harvested from the middle of the pristine forest. The scramble for Africa was over a long time ago, and now the continent is in your very hands. What you choose to do with that will define Africa's future. Hello and welcome to Africa Science Focus, the weekly program produced by SciDev.net, where journalists take you to the front lines of science in global development from across the continent. On this week's show, our reporters examine how climate change and the coronavirus are impacting farmers in Malawi and its southern Chikwakwa district. Plus, the contactless innovations thriving in Rwanda. I am Sally Amutabi. Okay, Chikwawa was highly affected with uh, floods last year, and uh, many crops were destroyed. Even irrigation schemes where most of our smallholder farmers go to farm during winter were destroyed. And also, as you know, Chikwawa is prone to drought. So the most reliable crop that the farmers grow is during winter. So this even affected the food security at household level. Satya Makwenja describing how agriculture in Chikwakwa relies on the fertility of the wetlands. Climate change is altering weather patterns. Due to ongoing drought, farmers have been only able to cultivate during the winter months and in March last year, major flooding along Malawi's largest river, the Shire River, destroyed the yearly harvest of over 1 million residents. Mark Knight Asankulan, Agricultural Extension Coordinator at Dolo Planning Area in the Chikwakwa District says that traditional farming needs to adapt to the change in weather. Reporter James Chavula finds out more. We have some sort of a situation upland there. There are a lot of people that are cutting out trees. So there is a, uh, a lot of siltation. Okay, when you talk about siltation, you are actually talking about loss of soil from your crop fields into the river. Yeah. And the river is becoming shallow with time. What does the future look like for this farmer? Now we advise them they have to, to plant more trees. The, these trees assist us to control siltation, so running off of waters. With assistance from other NGOs, we have been planting so many trees in so many areas which, as of now, I think the situation is now become slower and slower. Agricultural extension services give farmers technical advice. At a time when farmers in Malawi desperately need knowledge about new technologies and practice, extension services and farmers are also facing the challenge of the coronavirus. Uh, we think look at two important uh, issues. One, uh, if we talk about the production decisions, the guidelines from Ministry of Health indicate that uh, people should not be working in uh, big groups. Already, this is uh, an issue with our farmers 
at this time of the year, we emphasize on irrigation in farming. Irrigation is done in groups uh, when we talk about irrigation schemes. Some farmers may not benefit much because we believe in farmers interacting amongst themselves much as they interact with the extension workers. So in terms of knowledge creation and recreation, which is very necessary all the time in agriculture, two, if we talk about marketing at the moment, you know our marketing in Malawi normally is done in the mobile markets where there are so many people. So for those farmers that are listening to the Minister of Agriculture and the Minister of Health with the, in as far as COVID prevention is concerned, those farmers are not able to take their produce to the mobile markets. Uh, they will not get as much income as they would because they may be waiting at their homesteads to get some vendors that may buy from them. And obviously, two things are going to happen. If they wait for vendors to uh, buy from them at their households, the vendors are likely to push down the prices, which means they're not going to get as much as they planned for the season. In addition, what I've noted is the, there are fewer traders out there because of the same problem of COVID. Now, what this means to the farmer is that he, he's not going or she's not going to get the best out of his or her produce because there is minimal competition compared to previous seasons or a normal season when there are so many traders that are competing for the same product from the farmers. Dr. Jerome Nkoma, National Director of Agriculture Extension Services, speaking to our reporter, James. In Malawi, the government is driving the shift from sustenance farming to commercial agriculture, encouraging the population to sell surplus produce for income. But due to the pandemic, farmers such as Frank Herbert Bew and his cooperative are finding it increasingly difficult to exchange information and sustain their families. You know, this disease uh, is somehow very tricky, the way it is coming. Uh, we sell our cattle, uh, it's a very long distance. We travel about 10 kilometers in order to reach the buyers or the cattle markets. So it means uh, when I move, that's from my house to the market. Usually you meet some farmers or anyone along the road. So because of you are meeting different people, there is possibility of attacking COVID-19. And for fear of that, sometimes you just consider not to go at the market and remain at the uh, around the, the house just for fear of COVID-19. And you also belong to a cooperative of 27 people who have about 300 bulls and cows. Yes. Wow. How has COVID pandemic affected your cooperative, the group that you are so passionate about? Yeah, yeah. This one has really affected us because instead of uh, meeting, uh, instead of uh, our meeting to be attended by all members, we are now trying to say the number of people should not be more than uh, we are in order to avoid the COVID-19. For example, some days we meet only five. That is after discussion, our chairman calls for other people. So we are, the information is reached to the members very differently because all that is being done in order to avoid COVID-19. Frank Hubbard speaking there. Due to the coronavirus, farmers are finding it harder to access information about markets, extension services, and combating the impacts of climate change. 
Our reporter James returned to the Ministry of Agriculture and Food Security to find out what is being done to help. At the moment, we've got a program which is running like a campaign every three months, beginning July up to um, September. We are disseminating messages. Uh, campaign is running using community registrations across the country, as well as the, and in addition, we're also using the print media. Uh, the idea is the farmers to get all the information that they need at this time of the year so that they can make important decisions about the production, important decisions about marketing, important decisions about nutrition, important decisions about uh, protecting the produce that they have already, for example, issues to do with the storage. But we're also emphasizing in this campaign on the importance of the farmers managing the environment and the resources so that we can sustain production even in the current situation of COVID. Dr. Jerome Nkoma again there, finishing our report on agriculture in the Chikwakwa district of Malawi. Our next story looks at the contactless innovations revolutionizing Rwanda. Reporter Immaculi Mukazayire speaks to Eden Bedimana, the CEO of the cashless public transport payment system TAP and go. I am Eden Venimana. I'm the CEO of Tap and Go at AC Group Limited. We, uh, when the, the idea of Tap and Go came from uh, our experience as users of public transport, uh, we had encountered some challenges when taking the bus. Naturally, we were university students taking the bus to and from different parts of town. We had seen really challenges and struggles, especially with payment and uh, the boarding process. It was very difficult. Tap and Go allows public transport users to top up a plastic card with credit and pay their bus fare by tapping it against an electronic sensor. By standardizing the cost of fares, Tap and Go believes it has bypassed the problems of haggling that passengers have historically faced when taking the bus. So in the beginning, we started by rolling out a network of agents all over Kigali in all the major points where the bus stops, where people are picked up and the, and the bus parks. But now we've added so that the passenger is able to top through mobile money and uh, either MTN or Airtel money. And we routed the product in every route in Kigali. So for the moment, it's used in every bus in Kigali to actually pay uh, for fares. In addition to the payment service, we've added the Wi-Fi component so that people are able to access Wi-Fi on the bus. It's a product that we rolled out uh, in 2018 uh, and we are still actually adding on top of those services to make sure that the, uh, the passenger actually has a productive time on the bus. Tap and Go is expanding and passengers will soon be able to purchase tickets to travel all over the country using a mobile app. Daniel lives in Kigali and regularly travels by bus. We do not need to carry cash with us because getting into the bus with many other people, you can even lose the transport you were to pay if you are going to pay by cash because people can steal your money. Yeah, it is a very good system for us in Rwanda and we wish it can nationwide, not just in Ichigari. And of course, if possible, it extends to other kinds of transports like motor, like uh, small taxis, because when it happens and you don't travel with the bus that uses tap and go, when you look for another transport, you must have 
cash. So the wish is that we can completely go to cashless transport. Daniel Ntiziaremie in Kigali. Contactless systems are helping maintain social distancing measures. At Kanyinya Health Center in Kigali, staff have enlisted the help of some futuristic health workers. I'm Semakula Mohamed. I'm head of uh, data science and the IT solution in Rwanda Joint Task Force. We were thinking on how can we uh, minimize the risk of transmission from patient to the health provider. Our health providers visit the room of patient between three and four times a day. So epidemiologically, the more visit, the more risk of transmission. Though our health providers are well protected, but uh, according to the literature, 6% of, of COVID are health providers who were infected by patient. So the idea came in that a robot can do some jobs. Rwanda now has five high-end tech robots providing healthcare at health clinics. These robots can screen patients, monitor vital signs, make deliveries, and let staff know if someone needs help. Did I mention they can also talk? I have been so resourceful in countries like South Korea, Switzerland, Netherlands, Belgium and China, where coronavirus started, and I look forward to doing the same in Rwanda. Together we shall prevail. Reporter Imakuli Mukazayire talking to Semakula Muhammad at the Rwanda Biomedical Center about innovations in Rwanda. That's the end of today's show, but we want to hear from you. What do you want to know about developments in science and health in Africa? Send us a message and we'll find an expert to answer your question. Contact us on WhatsApp via plus 254-799-042-513. You can subscribe to our program, download episodes and leave a review at www.sidev.net. I'm Sally Amutabi. See you next Wednesday. This program was funded by the European Journalism Center through the European Development Journalism Grant Program with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.